Spags, it's the final splash play for, I don't know, at least 10 or so days. Can we deliver here in this big moment? I think we have no choice but to do that because it's NFL combine season. So there's a lot of rumors, innuendos, and some quotes we're going to review today to determine it means somebody's stock is going up or down. We are going to dig into the rookie sophomore draft as well over on Underdog. And maybe Pete has some breaking news the buzz in the Twitter sphere is saying. I don't know. We'll find out right after this intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Splash Play, the fantasy football podcast for every game under the sun. And once again, I am Chris Spaggs, joined by your friend and mine, Pete Overzet. Pete, what are you having for lunch today while we do the show? Yeah, I'm I'm running around. I did I haven't even tweeted out the show. Let me go retweet uh the episode. Let the people know what's going on. I see people are trying to get me to release the underdog top secret stuff. I just got Chipotle uh delivered. It's one of those kind of days, three shows today, bunch of stuff to do before our trip. So you guys get to hear me give uh NFL takes while eating my uh chicken burrito bowl. Well, Pete, yeah, it's very important to, to get to the plugs and all of that, but I want to hear more about this burrito bowl of yours first. What do you put in your Chipotle bowl? Is it double meat? Is it single meat? How are you approaching this? I did go with double meat. Uh, I went chicken. Sometimes I go steak. I went white rice, pinto beans. I get the hot sauce, sour cream, cheese, and lettuce. Okay. All right, that checks out. That seems to be everything oh, that you promised. Side, side of guac, too. Side of guac. Oh, a side of guac. Look at this fancy boy over here. I like doing the salad burrito bowl version of it where you don't get the rice, but you still kind of get the same flavor palette, same profile. But um, now we know Peach Chipotle order, so now you know the secrets all of his success, I think, is what people can go with. Yeah, what was the what was the oh yeah, AJ Brown got got sick from Chipotle. Yeah, this is um CD Lamb approves of this meal. You know, he had done his uh his deal with Chipotle. Uh Chipotle, I'm always looking to sell out. If you're looking for uh, a fantasy football influencer, I will eat burrito bowls on all of my streams for a very <laughs> low price. Will you do ASMR videos of you eating those burrito bowls as well? Yeah, this is gonna be awful. I can already tell, but I'm starving. All right, so I'll do some plugs here so Pete can make some progress on that bowl. First of all, make sure you're going over to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. Uh, a lot of our data on there is going to be available through the packages you can find at footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe. It's going to be some great free stuff as well. We officially have the press release going out about our partnership with Underdog Fantasy that you've known about if you've been watching this show, but now it's officially out in the media. The world can know all the secrets that are going on uh, between us and Underdog, but very excited to be partnered with them. Very excited to have them on the, uh, on the site today, just doing a lot of stuff on underdog and fo 40 is going to be a really big asset for what you're doing with your rookie sophomores draft that we're going to be doing here the big board i am trapped in a slow draft on the big board that i'll talk about in a little bit here but go over to football outsiders and check that out and also go over to underdog and use the promo code splash to double your deposit up to 100 dollars play along with us in this rookie sophomore draft uh, draft today. They also have MLB best ball drafts going on around out there. So some good information going back and forth on Pete's discord, the deposit kingdom. So go play over an underdog, no matter what your game format over there, you're going to find something fun for yourself. And use that promo code splash, double your deposit uh, Pete. So first of all, how's the Chipotle bowl? Is, is it up to, uh, up to your it's good. Although, you know, eating it in front of thousands and thousands of live viewers is a little intimidating. Um, mm -hmm. Are you not going to plug your new tag in the Deposit Kingdom Discord, you're giving out whale plays now. 
So here's the thing. On the Deposit Kingdom Discord, you will now find a tag that took a lot of effort on the back end setting it up on Discord. Uh, the at good shit spags tag, which I used yesterday for the first time. Um, a couple of my bets moved around afterwards because of Andre Drummond being ruled out as well as a couple of Raptors playing, players being moved out. Uh, but I do have one play on the Deposit Kingdom Discord right now that you can tail for yourself. And Pete, I have to tell you, I get anxiety, you know, certainly betting on anything, doing DFS every day. But now the anxiety, for whatever reason, I could bet $500, not sweat it that much. But because I know people are now tailing some plays or taking this as real advice, that's where the anxiety sets in for me. Yeah, why do you think I was so anxious to greenlight this idea? Is because I knew it would inevitably uh, end with the community turning on you. Um, I saw this from a mile away. No, it is good to good to have you in there. Uh, I think it's a fun addition to the Discord. Although, like you said, it got off to an extremely rough start as we were setting up the tags. As Spags decided to tag um, our decentralized finance friends in the <laughs> oh, Discord. That who are over in the DeFi kingdoms. I, I come in there. I see all these guys who are, would never otherwise be in that channel talking to SPACs. I'm like, good God, what the fuck happened? And they were like soldiers. They're like, is there some decentralized finance opportunity in Splash Play now? <laughs> I didn't know that was what was going on because I saw I could tag some things, but the one that Pete had set up, the at good shit spag tag, uh, did not work correctly. And I thought you were going to say like, oh yeah, because your bets went so poorly that it wasn't off to a good start. But I think I feel like it was good to bring people together. It's like a classic crossover episode. Yeah, I, I haven't uh, mandated that you have to post your your total uh, cumulative win loss record uh, with each bet. So you know, you you could uh, you could do your thing. I will say that was the worst day I've had so far and coincidentally goes with the tag going up. So we'll see if that correlates over time. One other thing I'm going to point out, Pete, which um, while you eat your little bowl, I'll give you that, that space to do that. Uh, Pete and I, of course, we are friends on the show. We are, we did meet through content as well. So maybe it's a little bit different, uh, but I would say uh, the content friend power rankings for me now one Justin Freeman soaring up the board, Pete, because Justin Freeman and his lovely wife sent us some baby wipes unsolicited, went on our target registry, found it for themselves. And Pete, I just don't see that level of love from you anymore. Wait, 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 wait. They like just did Googling and were able to find it without you giving them the link. Or did he say, do you have a registry and you sent him the link? No, he just searched my name on Target's uh, baby registry portion of things. And I guess found our names. It was like, is this you? And I was like, yeah, like that's me. And he was like, great. We're sending you some baby wipes. So, uh, just a veteran dad, a fantasy guy as well. Classic, you know. <sighs> You know, real fingers in the grass kind of move, Pete, that you're just not providing me and, uh, and little Luca. Um, all right. How many baby wipes did he send you? <laughs> I don't know offhand. They were honest baby wipes, though, so they are high-credibility baby wipes. Well, we're going to have to do what happened with the GoFundMe situation on Monday where I'm going to have to double up the amount of baby wipes he sent you because I can't let Justin, you know, putting me to shame. I mean, I... I'm being completely honest. Would I send something to you on the registry? Yes. Would I ever go out of my way to Google it and find that link on my own? Fuck no. Um, so Justin, thank you for making me look like a bad co-host and putting us all to shame. Yeah, honestly, I've had enough people ask and I feel weird when people do. I might put out a tweet. Like I, the thing is like, I don't really want, like I don't, you don't need people to send stuff. Like I certainly appreciate it. Alex has been uh, painfully writing thank you notes to everybody, including Justin and his wife. Um, even when she doesn't know them, she's writing thank you notes left and right. And I'm probably going to put out a link at some point. So if you're one of those people that feels inclined to do it, do it. If you don't want to, you don't want to. But the point is though, Pete really has to dig out of a hole now because Justin Freeman's my new podcast best friend. I feel like that's a bit of a new trend I've noticed with bachelor parties where it's like buy the groom or buy the bachelorette a drink. 
and they put like their Venmo QR code. Have you seen that trend? Popping I've seen up? that once or twice, which seems like a girl move because guys will send girls money for anything on Venmo. <laughs> they will. I wasn't uh, aware of that. To be clear, that's not part of my economy. In fact, I would say that plays <laughs> right against my strengths, which is, you know, make them earn it, Pete. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I Like, I get it. I don't know. I just feel like if you're at a bachelor party, you know, your bros, they can buy you some drinks, you know, the, mm -hmm. the guys there. But I don't know how I would feel about going to Twitter uh, to to get uh, to get drinks. But may maybe I'm overthinking it. Look, all I know is if the people out there want to skip, I don't know. It's, it makes me so uncomfortable because it's like, you know, people want to do that. They, you know, they enjoy our free content. Obviously, I, I've met our friend out, uh, Brent out here in the Philadelphia area has been very kind to me as well. Um, and I've met people through content before, and they're always really nice and appreciative of, of you doing that for them. So, look, if people want to give free things, people want to help you out along the way. I think that's always a positive thing, Pete. You've taken a few freebies in your time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I prefer to get my freebies um, laundered via anti-Malden tips in super chats that's that's the only way i'll accept it all right so we're going to do some combine quotes today before we dig into that rookie sophomore draft and uh let's get into it now and this is all coming courtesy of the fantasy life newsletter pete did a lot of the work aggregating this this morning put it out in that newsletter for you guys because the content does not stop here in the offseason for anybody out there it looks like uh, across the nfl industry but uh here are some of the quotes that and i'll start them and just do them in the order of pete's uh priorities here and you can see in the background actually melvin gordon javante williams over my shoulder because pete made that the thumbnail presumably after seeing this quote from Field Yates, Broncos GM George Patton on running back Melvin Gordon, he'll be a free agent this offseason. I've really had good discussions with Melvin. I'd like to have him back. Pete, that apparently has put you in full apoplectic mode here. Melvin Gordon may be coming back to, to snuff out the sunshine of your Javante Williams. Yeah, I mean, this is especially hard because there's literally, um, <coughs> as I um, you know choke down my burrito bowl here, there's literally a clip of me on the internet singing, Melvin Gordon might not even make the team. That was uh, that was a quote uh, last year that was floating around in the summer, and here we are. Um, you know, all fantasy gamers have rolled out the red carpet for Javante Williams, myself included. We're very excited about him potentially having a backfield to himself. There's been lots of talk about him being a locked and loaded first round pick if Melvin Gordon were to leave. And now it's like, whoa, 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 pump the brakes because. I mean, obviously, this is massive. Melvin played well. If he returns, yes. Could you still aggressively draft Javante Williams? Yeah, but he, I mean, at best, you probably need to be pulling the trigger in the fifth, sixth round again. Like, you can't be taking him um, in round one if Melvin's returning. So, yeah, this is probably one of the bigger news as it pertains to, to fantasy value that we're going to get all offseason. And for each of these quotes, Pete, give me one guy who's either stock up, stock down, or stock maybe surprisingly unchanged, because I do think with Javante Williams, how he's been getting drafted so far, this has got to be a stock down for him. But in terms of how I perceived him, like we didn't know he was going to be in that backfield anyway. So I feel like for me personally, Javante Williams, stock mostly unchanged. Um, No, I, I think this is stock down for Javante Williams because people have been drafting him at the one-two turn. And if Melvin Gordon is back, I think that's a pretty bad pick. Uh, right there. I'd want much more of a discount on him. Yeah, I would agree for the field out there it does seem like you got to give a bit of a downgrade and and also honestly a bit of a downgrade, a bit of a stock down for Melvin Gordon himself too, because we've talked about maybe him landing somewhere where there's just some bell cow backs to go around or he kind of luck boxes that uh, based on training camp injuries or whatever the case may be. Uh, so Melvin Gordon, if like these guys now both basically got to be flat with where they were this year, and that's probably not enough to drive their stock up. The Cowboys though, uh, an interesting wide receiver crossroads. Pete has the fantasy life newsletter, uh, my sports update, Irie Myrov, who Pete's one of those guys. I don't know if 
if you followed him for a while, but my sports update, he was like kind of a, not a meme handle, but a news handle. And now he's like rebranded as like a real reporter guy. And I feel like really uh, the highest success bar for any of these meme accounts that have been out there. I actually don't follow many beat reporters straight up. I have I, I have a fantasy live Twitter list that I've curated where I can kind of go through there and get the no frills, no bullshit stuff. And so normally I'm just grabbing someone else who has retweeted them in there. So yeah, I'm not familiar with his uh his whole um backstory. Yeah, I think he's now the national reporter over PFF. Anyway, he's saying Cowboys EVP Stephen Jones spoke to reporters on Monday and was asked about Amari Cooper's future with the team. He said it's too early for me to address that. Cooper has a large $22 million cap hit next season. The Cowboys would save $16 million in cap space if they were to move on. I think overall this has got to be a stock up for C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, I guess, being back. But Michael Gallup being a free agent maybe makes that a little bit confusing, Pete. But I think overall with C.D. Lamb, the potential of being a wide receiver one, uh, you probably give a little bit of a boost to your Cedric Wilson's, maybe even your Noah Browns of the world. But I think it sounds to me this quote read like Amari Cooper probably not coming back. Yeah, which I hadn't heard a ton of talk about it. Most of the talk had been about Michael Gallup leaving in free agency. Uh, I mean, CD lamb really is the only kind of locked and loaded guarantee in their passing game. Dalton Schultz is also a free agent, but you reminded me when you said it there, uh, I want to be taking more flyers on Cedric Wilson late in drafts because he has performed well when he's been out on the field. Like, I don't think they lost that much in their three wide receiver sets when he was out there and you know, there's paths where he could be their second best wide receiver on the team next year. That's probably not great for the Cowboys if he's their wide receiver too. But as far as fantasy goes, I, I think he's a pretty good stab right now, just with all the uncertainty. Yeah, Cedric Wilson has shown he could be a backup to CD Lamb as well. So I'm with you though. Cedric Wilson, I think, is the one that takes a jump. Malik Taylor, I talked about a lot in this show where he had a couple of really nice uh, runs during garbage time for the Cowboys. I think he's a guy that I don't know his contract status, but somebody I'd be intrigued in as well, but definitely could be some moving parts of the Cowboys and maybe away from them to save some money and not lose too much of a of a bit of the talent at the wide receiver position. Calvin Ridley uh, going in the first uh, fourth round of the best ball drafts, as Pete points out in the Fantasy Life newsletter. But the the dawn of it all, Matthew Barry, our good friend at the NFL Combine and Falcons GM Terry Fontenot is point blank when asked about Calvin Ridley. He says there's no update at all. And this is one where I think I've said this on the show. I am not drafting any Calvin Ridley other than drafting out of type on this show. For myself, I feel like he's been stocked down anyway just because we don't know what's going on. And I think, Pete, in this spot where you get the confirmation from, uh, I guess the guy who's technically your boss, Matthew Barry, uh, you got to really, I think, knock Calvin Ridley down a little bit. No news at all is not good news in this scenario. Yeah, the no news part is interesting because you would hope that you would at least hear from Calvin Ridley like, hey, I'm still, you know, taking my time uh, with this decision or, you know, I'm staying in shape, but haven't made any decisions, you know, stuff like that. Right now it does, it is a little scary that we've had no indication of, of him returning. That said, um, with these best ball drafts, you know, where you're trying to get first place for $50,000 up top in the big board draft. I do think at a late fourth round, early fifth round cost, the risk reward proposition is there um, because there are paths to Calvin Ridley returning, ending up on another team and him delivering second round value. I think that's, that's well within this range of outcomes too. So it is often hard to draft a guy who could outperform his draft slot by two to three rounds, but it's almost more binary with Calvin Ridley, right? Where it's like, we just need him on the field. We know he's a good player. It's not like we're having to project him to make a, you know, a second year leap as a disappointing rookie. Like we know what he is. So I'm still okay taking stabs on him there, but this will be one that you really want to read the tea leaves on and stay on top of kind of the blurbs and the quotes coming from him in his camp.
This might be a question more for the chat, but has anybody seen Calvin Ridley? Like, has he been spotted in public at all? Because I would be curious to know, like, is he getting like Sean Kemp or the NBA lockout fat? Like, is there anything weird that we need? Because like, I just don't think we've seen anything about him. And like, he's not been on TMZ, like going to the grocery store or anything. Yeah, no, that's interesting too. I mean, I feel like we would have seen uh, something come across if he had popped up anywhere. I just uh, did a Twitter search for him. And of course the first article is the Boston Herald saying uh, that the Patriots should kick the, kick the tires on Calvin Ridley. Um, Even PFF is indulging in it. Hypothetical trade Calvin Ridley to new England. So um, we're back to greatfitpatriots.com, where every single uh, possible free agency uh, should make his way to the, the new England Patriots. Although I will unironically admit it would be a good fit. No, it certainly would be. Rick Stroud, another one here we could see besides stock down on Tom Brady if they were going to be in agreement here. Bruce Arians has asked if Tom Brady wanted to come back with another team. Would he accommodate him? Bruce Arians said, quote unquote, nope, bad business. Bruce Arians is dead right, Pete. I don't know why you'd give him away, especially after you know he was important to the team. Clearly, they wanted him back. He didn't want to come back. I don't, I'm sure if, if Tom Brady wants to force his way out, he's going to find his way out. But right now, I feel like this has got to be reflecting a little bit more of a, a stock down for Tom Brady coming back at all. I, I just love it too, because Bruce Arians is, he's known for being a bullshit artist. He's not one of the coaches where you can kind of trust him when he's talking uh, about his backfield splits or usage or anything like this. So for him to just go straight to the point on this one, there was uh, definitely more than a kernel of truth there. And there was that report that came out, I think it was maybe like right before the Super Bowl too, about how Brady was not happy kind of with his relationship with Arians. I think it ended up being... Um, much different for him, just the overall playing environment from New England, which makes sense. I mean, Bill Belichick is on one extreme of how he runs a franchise. So it's definitely interesting to get more confirmation that there were strains there uh, in that working relationship. And uh, it seems like uh, Bruce Arians uh, is not going to have any kind of friendly uh, deals with, with Tom Brady at this point. Here's a question for you. How many times do you think over under six and a half Tom Brady and Giselle making fun of Bruce Arians and his stupid Kangles? Oh, wow. Six and a half times. I think they've done. I think it was honestly a recurring bit where they were Tom would be like, yeah, old, old Kangle over there. Like it probably called, <laughs> old Samuel L. Jackson, you know? Yeah. I mean, Tommy visors and Bruce Kangles, uh, two of the great, uh, hat coach combinations in, uh, in our time. Uh, another quote here from Josh Norris. Rondale's Moore's role, Rondale Moore's role is going to expand. Josh Norris tweeted, I expect him to be a much bigger part of this offense, according to Cliff Kingsbury. And Pete, of course, summed up, I think, a lot of thoughts of the fantasy community saying, Oh no, I'm going to draft too much Rondale Moore again, aren't I? I think this has got to be a stock up for Rondale Moore, even though I, you know, coaches, coaches lie in every sport, I think, especially at this point in the offseason. We don't know what they're going to do, but Rondale Moore, we expect to ascend anyway as a guy who's a rookie going into his second year, always going to be something that gives the guys boost anyway. But also DeAndre Hopkins, who knows what his health level is. Christian Kirk palling around with Josh Allen, as well as Kyle Allen and Sam Darnold. Maybe he's going to go somewhere. Who knows? But Rondale Moore, Pete, I feel like this is a real stock up to me anyway for him. So just hearing any quote that gives you that sort of read, I'm willing to back up and, and embrace fully. Yeah, it's uh, the problem with this. And I do want to be excited is similar to Bruce Arians, Kingsbury is not a coach that we can generally trust. I'm I'm well aware of him pumping uh, Christian Kirk's tires multiple off seasons and nothing ever really materializing there, you know, promising a more vertical offense. And then we return to the horizontal, horizontal air raid. Um, 
Also, Rondell Moore fits the archetype of the type of player that gets off-season and preseason buzz where they're like, he's so versatile. We're going to manufacture touches for him. We got to find a way to get the ball in his hands more. And it's like, yeah, that's, I mean, that's true. He has that Swiss Army knife skill set. But then it's also sounds so much better on paper than in practicality. So uh, this is one of those things where I'm going to stand firm. I am going to continue to sprinkle Rondell Moore into my best ball portfolio, but I'm not, you know, ratcheting him up, you know, two rounds just because of this quote. I think that's a fair way to look at it. I think the reason you might ratchet him up was something that our guy Mike Tanier covered on Football Outsiders when talking about his preview of the combine and what he expected to see. And that also comes with some information coming from his office sources and all of that as well. But like, this is something where a lot of people are going to be looking for that Debo Samuel and Rondale does kind of fit that Debo-ish mold. Certainly not as big of a guy, not as much muscle on him, though maybe that'll come with the course of time. But I feel like that's sort of where you could see Rondale where he was so great per touch. He was so great whenever he had the ball. Whenever he got the ball in space, especially that maybe he gets a few more rushing touches. It's totally speculative. It's nothing that Cliff Kingsbury has shown a major penchant towards doing, but I think that's the kind of thing that I could buy into a little more with Rondale, just him getting more targets, somebody getting shipped out. Um, I think more that's more important than the quotes that we're going to see from uh, anything they're going to say about Rondale now. Yeah, and GM Shorty here in the chat connecting the dots of the Christian Kirk, you know, mm. vacation double date with Josh Allen, Sam Darnold. He says the Christian Kirk, other QB friends, just seems to be his way of telling us that Kyler is a sucky dude. And it is funny too because we love the, you know, the the shower narrative popularized by Levitan with these guys. You got the Burrow Chase. But to me, it's more like it's more concerning when it goes in the other direction. It's like you would expect a quarterback and a wide receiver to have a decent relationship. I do think it's more telling that he's hanging out in the offseason with other quarterbacks because uh, he wouldn't want to be hanging out with Kyler Murray, which at this point, I think it's pretty safe to say, like, we can set aside everything on the football field with Kyler and just say he's probably not a fun hang. Yeah, you know, that's kind of interesting to think about, too, because like Christian Kirk, Kyler Murray, guys who live in the same area, both young guys who are, like I would say, good-looking guys, kind of seem stylish. Christian Kirk, from what I could tell, again, from following his Instagram girlfriend uh, for so long, like he, <laughs> he seems like, like he seems like he'd be a cool guy to hang out with. And I feel like Kyler Murray, like these guys should now, like kind of naturally gravitate towards each other a little bit more. It's not like you have a, I don't know, a Josh McCown type hanging out with Christian Kirk. It's like, you're both young, you're rich, you're in a city with a lot of attractive young women. Like I feel like, and also like, again, Christian Kirk has like the hot girlfriend too. So then you can make some friends through her. Like Kyler should be hanging out with them all the time. I feel like that, uh, those sentences you just said, every single one of them was Christian girlfriend. Christian Kirk's girlfriend is hot. And you just said that over and over in a few different ways. <laughs> look, I mean, I'm all, a little worked up. I guess start thinking about it, but I, look, all I'm saying is if you're hanging out, you're an Arizona Cardinal. I feel like the Arizona Cardinals should be like the playmaker team was we reviewed last offseason. They should be hanging out in the club all the time, trying to get Haley's whisper models or whatever they were, the bootleg Victoria's secret. I mean, I would say like, just even pragmatically, if outside of being, you know, a top 15 wide receiver, in the league and you know your role and your targets are going to be there no matter what like you wouldn't you be trying to curry favor with your quarterback you know mm -hmm. wanting to get in those reps build up that rapport I think a lot of young wide receivers are like let me get on the same page with this quarterback so he's throwing me the back shoulder throws before I even turn around and look for the ball I think they all all want that so it, it is interesting uh maybe maybe Christian Kirk uh I, I do think it's pretty damning on on Kyler though at this point Yep, I'm with you on it. Another another one here from Matthew Barry. Gee, any bias, Pete? These tweets you're posting in the Fantasy Life newsletter. <laughs> Wait, you're you're shocked that there's Matthew Barry tweets in Matthew Barry's newsletter? <laughs> I guess I'm put it that way. I'm the one who is the ass. 
<laughs> just so you that like i and Matt, kudos to him boots to the ground on the combine doing some reporting on fantasy players I, gotta respect it no yeah I, again i was anyone who was uh at the combine uh you know from people i know you know josh norris was getting good quotes barry was getting quotes so uh yeah you know i'm, I'm just an unbiased journalist you know it's it's not like it's his newsletter Honestly, I like that there's that many people going to the combine, though, who are mostly fantasy forward. Like, obviously, we're going for football outsiders, but it is still coming from a guy, Mike Tanier, who's like, you know, a serious football reporter who's been doing this for a while to suffer the times. But I feel like fantasy guys getting credentials, getting access, I think that's a positive thing to see. So I'll read all the Matthew Berry tweets in the Fantasy Life newsletter. And Matthew says, asked directly at the NFL Combine if uh, he wants Carson Wentz as his QB next year. Colts head coach Frank Wright has long answer about evaluation process how every player, especially head coach and QB, are under scrutiny and how they're evaluating everything. What he doesn't say is yes. And Matthew sums that up pretty well. A long way to get there, but it pays off. Just I feel like like Matthew's column. That's, it always pays off in the end. And a Carson Wentz, Pete, probably not sounding great, especially for the relationship. Like Frank Reich, you would think they'd be boys. Again, they almost won a Super Bowl together. Frank Wright actually was a big part of that Eagles Super Bowl. And uh, it's not great if he's not believing in Carson anymore. Yeah, and that quote is so interesting because I feel like there's multiple... Um, plays in the coach playbook for kind of skirting around answering these questions. And normally I think the more PR friendly move is to say Carson Wentz is our quarterback right now. And it's like, okay, yeah, obviously he's the de facto quarterback, but you could kind of read between the lines that maybe they'd be looking. And he just kind of came out and was like, no, nah, it's a free for all. We're evaluating everyone. So uh, the fact that he didn't just say Carson Wentz is our quarterback right now. Uh, I agree with Matthew. It does tell a lot. And, but it also makes sense, right? I mean, Carson Wentz was always going to be kind of a quasi-bridge quarterback for them. They probably hope that he could be more than a bridge quarterback, just where he's at in his career, you know, maybe a, a Kirk Cousins-esque kind of renaissance with the team. And it sounds like maybe they don't feel like he has that potential. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. You can cover up the warts at the end of the day, though. The warts are there with Carson, and I think uh, Frank Reich's not buying in. I, it's going to be tough for anybody else to buy in, including that team. Um, some more quotes here. We're going to get to the rookie-sophomore draft in a moment. Here's Texans GM Nick Casari on Deshaun Watson. Uh, what's the status of the Deshaun Watson situation with the Houston Texans? I would say that situation we've talked about with our group or day-to-day in terms of handling that. Once the information becomes more relevant or prevalent, then we'll handle it accordingly. My philosophy from the beginning has always been to do the right thing by the Texans, as what he's saying. How much of a strain has this uh, had on the Texans overall? I think the only strain is, a, is the discussion that you all had. You guys have probably spent more time in it than we have, I think, which I, I don't think this is a good quote. And Pete is a long quote, but really just kind of says nothing uh, while yeah. also, I guess, saying everything about the Texans as an organization. I think still stock down for Deshaun Watson. I just don't know who's going to trade for him at this point or like what the Texans are doing overall. Yeah, to me, this is... This is like the Texans continuing to try to showcase the goods in their, you know, window out along the street, hoping people shopping will be like, yes, I, I will happily give you three first round picks and two very valuable assets in return for this malcontent on your roster. So, yeah, I think it's probably just more posturing uh, from the Texans. I think they'd like to get out from under this and I think they want to be ha paid handsomely to do so. So. I wonder at what point do they kind of Dutch auction style start lowering the price on Deshaun Watson until someone actually bites? Because I do think the one thing that seems highly unlikely is him returning to play for the Texans as if nothing ever happened. Um, so I, I don't see this getting resolved until they, they drop their, their price for him.
Yeah, I think at this point it's like if the you know it's like if the Sixers kept Ben Simmons instead of trading him before the NBA trade trade deadline, like his value probably will go down a little bit. Maybe you have that off season, and even then it's going to plunge pretty fast once uh, no material offer kind of comes its way. I feel like that's the case here with Deshaun Watson, where if, if they don't get first rounders here and multiple first rounders this draft, at this point you're probably talking a first and a second for next year, and like they just got to pull the trigger at some point if they're not going to bring him back and give him a rejuvenation or a rehab of his image. And the last quotes here, both about the Bills, Sean McDermott, the Bills coach says that wide receiver Gabriel Davis has tremendous DNA and Pete points out you cannot teach DNA that is in fact true we like Gabe Davis we talked about that a lot his late season renaissance certainly gonna give you a lot of hope if you're drafting him now and then the last quote Pete here Brandon Bean the Bills GM says Mitch Trubisky is a quote-unquote marry your daughter kind of guy I think stock up for Mitch Trubisky not because he's going to get a starting job but because he's probably going to keep getting NFL contracts forever because of the quote like that yeah who was it that said the quote what was the GM it was the Bills GM so yeah, probably they're probably not signing him, but they do like him a lot. I know. I was just wondering, does Brandon Bean himself have like a 25 year old single daughter who's had uh, that, you know, doubt on her luck with dating? Because it would be really funny if he was trying to uh, match make these two uh, in public. Yeah, so Mitch, uh, we'll see, probably going to stay in the NFL. I don't think he'll end up as a bill unless his price is really low. Then they maybe bring him back as the Josh Allen understudy a little bit longer, but doesn't seem like the case. And Pete, if you want to pull up that rookie sophomore draft, we can do that. I also want to talk about our return date here because we have talked about our splash play spring break. And if you're watching live, guys, or after the fact, hit the like button, helps out a bunch. And also, if you get a chance, go give us five stars and review an Apple podcast because we are taking this little break here. It's basically our season finale in some respects. So uh, help us out there. Give us some reviews on Apple podcast. Podcast so we could help make a run here in the offseason. We would appreciate it very much if you can go over there. Um, Pete, so when are you back from Hawaii is the first question I have. I get back late on Monday the 14th. So I think we should come back March 18th would be my thought because free agency starts the 16th. So we should have some news coming out of that. USFL starts the uh, April 16th, it looks like, and hopefully we'll have some developments there for us on that front too. Uh, but I think the timing could line up pretty well to come back that Friday the 18th. Friday the 18th, that works for me. All right, so barring a weird Luca baby arrival timing, we'll be going ahead and returning on Friday the 18th, so stay tuned there. And uh, that actually works out really well that we could get some free agency because you know, like there's, there's news out there right now, but certainly free agency is going to be the most news we're going to be getting. The question is, Spags, have you decided where you're going to break the news of Luca's birth. Um, I obviously, you know, Instagram or Twitter would make a lot of sense. I'd like to make a case for using the good shit spags tag, uh, with a photo of baby Luca, the ultimate good shit that you will have done. I think it'll actually be via a TikTok meme based dance where I have a viral sound that <laughs> it's me dancing. Over the oh my I God. I think it's an Instagram I post. So this does feel like an Instagram post with maybe a tweet. That's like the shortened version of the Instagram post. I was, uh, I was scrolling through TikTok last night and, uh, there was one, it was from some college basketball game and the fan section was distracting, you know, the free throw shooter on the opposition. And they had set up this elaborate thing with like a blanket where it looked like one of the kids was giving a birth and then some other kid crawled out from between his legs and then the guy just bricks the free throw. It was a pretty creative uh, free throw distraction there. Gotta give him credit. All right, we are doing a rookie sophomore draft here. Obviously the rookies, we know the rule pretty well. I do think at a rookie sophomore draft, Najee Harris seems to make a lot of sense here as our pick. He does. The one thing I've noticed in these real quick, and I'll just get him queued up though, is that the quarterbacks can really fly off the shelves in these so that's just one thing uh to think about as you can see here i mean after zach wilson you're looking at you know malik willis right there so 
as far as the starting lineup requirements, um, trying to get two good quarterbacks is, is pretty tough, I think. Okay, so... I mean, Justin Fields now gone, Trey Lance now gone. I do think we need to then try to go to Zach Wilson on our next one. Yeah. Um, Tyler asking what rankings are showing up. I don't have any special rankings. This is just based on, um, I thought it was based on ADP, but then this is feels, yeah, no, this is based on ADP. Yeah. This is just the default so far. Or do we take Elijah? I think we take Elijah here and then hope to get Zach on the way back. Um, let's see. I don't know. I feel like this is pretty. Oh, I see what you're saying to try to stack those guys. Yeah. Um, we can do that. Yeah. Cause I, I just like, I mean, I like Elijah Moore anyway, but obviously with how the ADP is looking there, it just seems like he wouldn't come back. Whereas Zach Wilson's not even on the screen yet. Yeah. And, um, GAS. Yeah. The, the big board, uh, draft did fill. There was a very funny tweet from our friend, Andrew Mackins, who was saying he was sweating if we were going to be able to get this draft in before it filled. When I looked this morning, there was about 150 more spots left. Uh, should we grab Zach Wilson here? Yes. No? Let's do that. Okay. Um, yeah, so I, I saw that, yeah, that tweet from Andrew, very funny as well, and was hoping we'd get there. And then Pete told me this morning, like, oh, it's not looking like this one's going to be open by the time we do a show. So I thought, oh, you know what? I can do a draft on my own and then do that before the show. That's what I was hinting at earlier. Pete, I am now trapped in a slow ball draft that is unequivocally going to take place when I'm actually in the birthing room with my, with my partner, Alex. I don't know if you know how slow drafts works, Bags, but you actually have 12 hours to make a pick. So it's going to be okay. What if she takes 13 hours of labor? <laughs> you tell me, you're telling me as much as you love the, uh, hang on, let's, uh, let's do our pick first. <laughs> let's do our pick. Uh, I love, I love ETN here. Yeah. We, we like ETN in general. So I feel like I would take him here. No problem. Yeah. Uh, and then coming back to, uh, I honestly, I would not be opposed to grabbing Mac Jones. And I also like, Tony or Wilson? I do like Tony. I do. We we talked about him on the last show. Um, two QBs, though, going to be a must, right? And I feel like getting a QB who we actually know is going to be playing the entire year, or theoretically, you know, barring some injury, I feel like that does seem like it has some value, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we still have some decent um, rookie options here. Tony goes, so that dream is done. But uh, Mac Jones is still here, and I think – yeah. I think that's a tear break after Mac Jones. I know we're, we're excited about Malik Willis, but still um, we kind of know what Mac Jones is. And I think he can take a leap this year too. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I think that was the wiser play there. I like Malik Willis. We've talked enough about him on the show as well. Big arm guy, probably not as likely to start right away. Has some, definitely has some Trey Lance parallels coming from a smaller school and taking a step up in competition. Um, also your boy, Sam Howell, I think was acquitting himself pretty well in some press conferences I saw where he was, uh, cause he missed, I guess, shots at the, the Eagles make people shoot on a mini basketball hoop and he shot two of five. He's like, I guess they won't be drafting me now. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, Sam uh, Howell, maybe a fit here on splash play. I know I keep getting tagged uh, because Sky Moore apparently has been making the rounds. Uh, Pro Football Talk did an interview with him, I think, at the Combine. So all of our favorite players, get them now before they get buzzed up the draft boards. Yeah, and as we talked about on Monday's show, the FO40 Football Outsiders ranking of prospects here for both their real-life applications and their fantasy applications is up now, uh, footballoutsiders.com slash FO40. So that's what I'm consulting for uh, some of the rookies out there. And Kenneth Walker, Pete, is the number one running back we have on the board, and I like Kenneth Walker a lot, and I think his stock is going to come up more over the next few weeks. Yeah, I have no problem with Walker. You like Walker more than Brees Hall? I do, yeah. All right. 
Spags, I've seen enough people now, like we've had a couple guys, including our guy, Derek Clausen, who does stuff for FO as well as Bleacher Report. I think he's also pretty bullish on Walker. Walker, I, it's weird because I know that a lot of people have been talking about Brees Hall in the fantasy community, but I definitely have seen a lot of the football analysts types talking up, uh, talking up Walker a little bit more. Um, I'm going to say it. Rondell Moore. Yeah, I think we I'm should do it. it. I, uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I was reading a terrific newsletter. They had a really bullish quote on him. And I, I just think he's a great pick right here. Well, the only way I would have had more confidence is if Matthew Barry was reporting it. <laughs> yes. Can I get a, can I get a quote, Matthew, about Rondell Moore to make me feel better about my 100% exposure in underdogs, rookie and sophomores contest? Honestly, this is like a really deep draft. Like it feels like at least these early rounds feel very fertile. I know it's going to fall off the cliff here pretty soon because we have uh, 12 rounds in this one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously these go quick because they're four person, 12 rounds. Um, we are back up. I here. would take o Olave for Olave. Yeah. Olave. I, I fucking mispronounce it every time. Uh, yeah. I don't mind that. The, the Pats don't even have, the, the Pats don't have a sophomore wide receiver pass catcher that we can stack Mac with. We have to guess correctly on which rookie lands there. I did some people see some people uh, connecting some Jamison Williams dots to, mm. uh, to new England. Interesting. Oh, we got, we're up again. Um, hmm. I mean, Williams is coming off the ACLs here, which we talked about. I feel like based on that, I might go Dotson instead. I, Oh, that is true. I, I also like Fryermuth here. I don't mind Fryermuth. I mean, Fryermuth. Yeah. Let's, let's go Fryermuth. Let's go Fryermuth. He's, he's got a role. Yeah. Yeah. We know he's going to get snaps. Especially because with more and the our double mores here, definitely more you know PPR yak type stuff. Get Fryermuth, you know, getting those two TD games for us. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Let me just check the. Uh, yeah, so it's one QB, one running back, uh, two wide receiver slash tight end. There's no tight end position, a flex, and then seven bench. So you can start up to three pass catchers, but only two running backs weekly. Yeah, Gainwell, man, Gainwell is low. Like, I feel like some of these guys feel low to me, like Gainwell and Ramondre in particular, just for what their roles were last year and what they could be. But, mm -hmm. I think we should keep loading up on pass catchers. I, I don't mind Joshua Palmer here. Yeah, he could take a jump up if Mike Williams doesn't come back. Yeah. Yeah, and he, I think he looked pretty good this year. Mm -hmm. Um. And yeah, they, they'd be in desperate need of playmakers if Williams leaves. Yep, I would agree. Uh, we're back up again here. Any anyone, any of these rookies that you like? I like Trey McBride. He's the number one overall receiver. Terrace Marshall might come back to us, right? Yeah, yeah. I, think I think he might. I think McBride. Okay. He's the one who's supposed to be the most sure thing uh, first round tight end. I know Weidmeyer is another one that people think is... Uh, close, but Trey McBride seems to be the one that uh, our guys at FO feel the strongest about in the FO 40. Nick uh, has planted his flags in the chat here, says he's huge on Garrett Wilson and Rashad White. I will be heavily exposed for now. It definitely is the time if you have conviction on these rookies, you know, load up now because if you're right in, you know, the NFL evaluation process and the draft capital align, like these guys can shoot up in a massive, massive way relative to where they are at uh, now. So it definitely makes sense to go overweight pre-draft more so than it does after the draft. Yep. I'm with you on that. Um, what do we have left? Uh, I kind of still like sticking with a pass catcher here. 
did you say I, you wanted Terrace Marshall? I like Terrace Marshall because I feel like if Robbie Anderson doesn't come back or something weird happens with DJ Moore, like he's going to take an immediate jump up. Yeah, he's one of those guys where it's tough because he had a poor rookie season, but there are some factors I think that contributed to that that might get cleaned up and his prospect profile was still really good. So yeah, one guy on that screen that I'm intrigued by um, that just like, I don't see people drafting a lot. I wouldn't mind taking, if you did a bunch of these, taking some late round flyers on Anthony Schwartz, just because of the fact that we saw him get some work last year. We saw him actually have a little bit of an upside. Certainly didn't stick for the entire year, but if Jarvis Landry's gone. Odell's also obviously gone. Um, like that could be a guy who just takes a rise upward just because they don't have anybody else there. Yeah. Do you want to do one more? Yeah, we might as well. Why not? All what right, else? What else are we gonna do, Pete? We gotta give the people their money's worth here on the the well, last show before we're gone for ten days. I know. I'm. Uh, by the way, too, uh, if you guys are Lulz fans, I uh, normally do that show Wednesdays at eight. Uh, both today and and going forward, we're gonna be shifting that to a late afternoon show. Um, today we're having Stuart Gibson on, and people might remember him from. Uh, coming on and doing some of my DFS shows. He was over at Advanced Sports Analytics and dove deep into correlations and stuff. But right now, he's really obsessed with, uh, I always forget if I if it's so rare uh, or so rare or whatever, but it's the NFT meets fantasy uh, sports for soccer game. Hmm. And uh, he thinks that DFS players will take to it. So he's going to kind of walk Brian and I through it today on the show and uh, see if he can pique our interest with what he's been up to over on that platform. So if that sounds intriguing for you. We'll be doing that in about 45 minutes. Yeah, Lulz has been doing a, a very entertaining job recently. Some of the guys you've had on, I feel like showing yours and uh, Brick's diverse interests in both really anything for Brick, just anything that's going to potentially make a money in the space. But I feel like you guys <laughs> are doing some different stuff that I would recommend tuning into because I've enjoyed having it on the background over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, yeah, we kind of went on the kick with the sports betting stuff and... You know, it's fun to attack it from different angles. You know, we were doing talking about the Dow and then we had Rufus on and and stuff like that. So um always always a good time chopping it up with Brian. Something for everybody in the Peter Rovers at YouTube channel. That's what I always say. That's right. Even burrito bowls. <laughs> in particular, if you like seeing a man eat burrito bowls on mute, boy, this is the channel for you. Um, I am about to buy a top shot standard pack here as well. Ooh. All right, so uh NFL all day, I should say. Ooh, we could, all uh, right. Uh, what do we do here? Let's see. Um, I think we go Waddle. Yeah, I do think Waddle's the pick. Yeah, I don't want to pay that steep price on Trey Lance. I like Trey Lance, but not that much more than these other guys. Right. I don't mind grabbing. I'm going to assume our deep. Oh, wow. He did. He double tapped Lance and Fields. I was just about to say I'd be interested in Fields here. Um, Trevor Lawrence. So I don't, now I don't want to reach. I, I, I want to kind of take Javante or Pitts here, preferably Pitts. I think I, I'm okay with Pitts. I just, uh, I feel like we, you know, it's the similar kind of philosophy when all the top running backs are off the board. And if you're chasing, you know, the 10th running back just to keep up with the Joneses, you you're sacrificing there. And so I'd rather not like sacrifice on quarterback and try to beat you know, these guys that loaded up on quarterback via the flex position. Mm -hmm. Um, we do obviously miss out on Lawrence coming back. Uh, I'm interested in Amon Ra. I think Mitchell is interesting. 
Who do you like? I think we're taking a lot of talent, and I think taking a Monra fits that thesis too, where we're just taking like really elite guys, and we're just going to hope we luck box one of the rookie QBs. It feels like. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm all right with that. Um, wow. These uh, are Elijah back or Trat or ATN. I feel like it's a legitimate question. Well, yeah. here's the thing. So we went Zach Wilson, the other one. Why not go Michael Carter here? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah, because I feel like that way this lineup will have a different you know, chance of success. Now, yeah, now we're not going to get any good QBs. That much is for sure. <laughs> yeah, the, the quarterbacks are even going faster in this one. There's Zach yeah, Wilson. Zach Wilson goes. We might have to double up on... Uh, on Mac Jones, if he's still here. Nope. And Mac Jones goes. So we're going to be on full on. I guess we could take Davis Mills eventually, but yeah, I think let's wait on Davis Mills and I, get him next. And hopefully people aren't watching the stream right now. Um, I think Eli Mitchell. Yeah, I'm okay with that. He's fallen enough now. Well, it's, it goes back back to the thing you just said. Like if everyone's reaching for quarterbacks, like we, the only way we can keep up is if we're just crushing people at running back and flex. So might as well try to take the most talented available. Oh, there goes Drake London. Uh, Drake London I was going to talk about here, but let's pick our... <laughs> keeping up with the Mac Joneses. Yeah, we we're not getting him for ourselves in this one. Um, let's take Brees Hall because we took Walker the last one. Okay. Also, um, I have so, another activity for us when when this is okay. done. I did just uh, secure my uh, NFL all-day pack so we could open that when this draft is done. Oh, very exciting. I don't know what my status is, if my pieces have sold in the marketplace or not because I've I've been waiting, hoping somebody picks up with Monroe St. Brown. Um, I do think that... Uh, Ramondre Stevens is getting kind of interesting. Yeah. I just, I just hope we don't get scooped on Davis Mills. Yeah. Um, we need to, I think we need to draft, uh, Davis Mills here. Mm. As I know, oh, raises. So anyway, Drake it. London, I, this is what I got sidetracked on. He was comparing himself to Mike Evans and Calvin Johnson at the combine and going like, yeah, I see a little bit of my, <laughs> those two guys myself. I can tell you somebody that watched a lot of USC. I don't think there's much of either of those guys in him. And kudos to him for thinking there is, though. Um, I also, sorry, I was just saying, I think Malik Willis is also interesting to give us some more upside here. We can lock in Davis Mills. I don't think yeah. Debo's going to take another quarterback. Yeah, I think I'm okay taking Malik Willis as the second QB, but yeah, I think we needed to get Mills. It's hard to know. I haven't. Uh, this was this is my second one I've done, so it's hard to know how many teams end up taking three QBs. I can't imagine that being optimal but it's also do we want to play chicken with it considering he's at the top of the adp queue we should probably just grab him we could wait for Pickett if you wanted to wait for somebody yeah because Pickett's more likely to start that's true we could probably wait do we, who do we want to take then do we want to take spiller yeah i think let's take spiller all right yeah, i wouldn't mind it spiller or kyron williams or Palmer, but we took Palmer last time. So I feel like, again, we're just trying to diversify a little bit with our, our similar pick slots. Yeah. Yeah, excited to. And uh, tonight on Ship Chasing, we'll probably do a couple more of these. And I know Pat has been pretty deep in the prospect lab uh, lately, specifically breaking down the wide receivers. So um, I know he was in the best ball channel in the deposit kingdom discord, uh, talking about sky Moore because sky Moore caught some shade, I believe from Anthony Amico on Twitter saying that he didn't beat out, uh, D Eskridge cause they both mm -hmm. went to the same school. Um, so that was an interesting conversation. And I think he, he's still bullish on sky Moore. a little, a little spoiler alert there. Um, 
So we have Davis Mills. I feel like Nico Collins, I mean, get that stack, right? Yeah, I think that works. And there's a good chance they're going to trade uh, Brandon Cooks, it seems like. That was one of the rumors I think I've seen from uh, pre-combine was them saying that's a pretty much a likelihood. And then, so Malik Willis did go there. Um, should we just lock up Pickett? Yeah, I think so. And for anybody who's not diving too deep on the prospects yet, the the basic gist of a lot of people out there's opinions is that uh, Willis might be the better long-term prospect. Pickett more likely to get drafted earlier on and have a better chance to start right away. It's because of the draft capital invested. But both guys worth a draft pick, but Pickett, if you are you know trying to get some sort of ceiling here from a guy who's actually going to play, uh, Pickett probably the better bet. Derek says Brandon Cook's undervalued in Dynasty. Yeah, Sam... Um, or sorry, yeah, Sam Wallace in the newsletter today, he's been doing kind of dynasty write-ups and looking at their ADPs and he wrote up Brandon Cooks today as a buy, which I think surprised people just because he's older, but he's, he's still only 28 and has produced with so many different QBs and situations. Um, we should probably start loading up on pass catchers here, Spags. I'm okay with that. Uh, let's see, McBride. Uh, hold on. Let's see who's higher rank between McBride or... He's not coming up at all. Ross. I think go Justin Ross, I guess, relative to this. Justin yeah. Ross from Clemson, not super well ranked. He's actually number 40 in our fantasy 40, uh, part of the FO40, but another entry in the potential Debo Samuel sweepstakes is what we're saying. Heavy slot receiver with a wide catch radius and good ba- good to bad ball skills. I will display some yard after catch ability on screens and shovels. Um uh- one other idea. So we're on the clock here. I'll, I'll toss out Brevin Jordan. Like we've already made a big bet on, you know, we, yeah. we need Davis mills. Might as well get that double stack. Yeah. I like that. I mean, there aren't a lot of clean rookie double stacks that are going to be in this tournament at all. Yeah. I'm trying to think what would have been, what would be the other really good. There's not one with the pats. Um, there's not one. I mean, Trevor Lawrence and ETN, um, Zach will, uh, Wilson in more, yeah, it's yeah, probably it's, one of the it, speculative ones like that, where it's like you take more and some top draft pick and hope that they land there. Yeah. All right. I think those those are solid. Look, those drafts are fun. As you guys can tell, it goes by pretty quickly too, especially compared to some of the big board ones we've been doing on the show. So go play it. Go check it out for yourself and use the promo code SPLASH if you want to double your deposit over at Underdog. A uh, worthwhile venture there. As we talked about earlier, also MLB best ball going on there. Um, lots of fun stuff over at Underdog. So go play because it's, it is just genuinely a fun way to kill some time. And now we are here. Pete's all day pack. How good are you feeling about this particular pack, Pete? We, uh, we opened up Frankie, uh, our, our friend as well. Uh, Frankie hopped on club top shot last night and opened up his Super Bowl pack. And it was, uh, it was pretty disappointed, uh, disappointing. It was mainly, uh, defensive players. His rare was, um, a Demarcus Lawrence the, the, the plays itself were fine, but it's just, uh, you get your hopes up for these packs and sometimes they break your heart. And, uh, you know, Frankie, Frankie wasn't running too hot last night that's sad i mean look that's how i feel about my all day pack too people in the chat andrew saying that he pulled a rare michael walker who i presume is a defensive player which i a rare defensive player unless they're like superstar level i don't think you want very much of. i learn uh about defensive players through all day moments it's it's basically my only exposure to them um all right let's see what we have here Hunter Renfro, let's go, baby. Ooh, we are Hunter. I am a Hunter Renfro fan. I've, I've stand that guy for pretty much the entire year. And Josh McDaniels offense, Hunter Renfro. Going to be worth a lot, I'm sure, Pete. I remember this game, too, because they got boat raced here, 48-9, to nine, but Renfro just still had a pretty good game. 
Um, and that was one of those moments where you're like, holy cow, is uh, is Hunter Renfro you know, just kind of immune to even bad game environments? He had kind of elevated to just being the focal point of their offense. Uh, I like that, that like Renfro. Like catch game or like uh, there was some that he had like a crazy number of catches that were like yeah. five yards per catch. And then he even had that game where he didn't have many catches, but he had two touchdowns too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Reveal. Double Renfro? <laughs> what did you say your registry slash dapper address is, uh, Specs? I mean, honestly, not bad Renfros either. The 1,000 to 2,000 range. Hunter Renfro's good. You're going to be cashing in. I'm going to put this into baby Luca's uh, college fund right here. Great. So he'll have, he'll literally pay for one second of class. <laughs> All right, can we go for it three times? Can I hit the Hunter Renfro trifecta? That could be like a prize, like a slot machine. Ooh, Camara? All right. Ooh, all right. Not a bad pack. Sweet run, too. All right. You showed those Jetsu's boss. I mean, I cannot complain. Uh, two fantasy-relevant players, the moments, you got touchdowns, no defensive players. I mean... This is about as happy as I can be with a pack. There you go. I'm glad you got double Hunter Renfro. What a, what a player to get double of. They know the audience. <laughs> That's right. Um, I guess I'll have to... Let's see. Uh, let's actually see how much uh, these are going for right now in the in the marketplace. Uh, no one has bought my $275 Amon Ross St. Brown yet. <sighs> or Nor my $7 Lil Jordan Humphrey. Admittedly, <laughs> <laughs> might have been a big ass for Lil Jordan. All right, so it looks like the low price. I guess there's one at 18 here. So let's just give this, we'll say 22. So mm-hmm. then I'm back to $44 here on this $49 pack. So I think this is going to end up being a profitable pack for me. If I get this one here, all right, 35. All right, so I'm in I'm in the green on, on this pack and the friends and the content we made along the way. I mean... <laughs> what a magical moment it was the double hunter renfro wow on a stream yes <laughs> what luck it does actually go like if you would have told me a year ago that i would be excited about a hunter renfro moment um i probably would have drafted a lot more hunter renfro uh because he, he did make a leap this year i mean arguably better than the very jacked aj brown and it was, it was it aj and who's the other one that was a debo no it was um dk, DK metcalf in yeah. that photo yeah yeah <laughs> Just looking like a little little scared boy, but he is the, the man amongst boys in that grouping. Um, all right, Pete, any final words for you? Of course, just give the people the plugs one more time. You do have lulls and ship chasing coming up today, and then then you're gone. So get your Pete fixed now while you can. Yep. Uh, two more shows. Need to finish packing. Have my flight early tomorrow, I would say. Uh, if you're looking for that splash play content, that good shit, that good good, hop in the Discord and Spags uh, will get you tagged up. I will say, if, if you aren't, understanding what we're talking about. So in the splash play channel within the deposit kingdom discord, I have it pinned in there. You can react to a message with a spags emoji that will give you a role called the good shit spags role. What that will mean is when spags goes to dish one of his whale plays, he will tag that role. Anyone who has that role will get notified. Then you can run over there and tail all of his bets. So uh, I hope you guys have fun doing that uh, while I'm gone. And 
I'm sure it's what's going to get you through your paternity leave as well, Spags. Yes, please. Campbell, minus four and a half against Presbyterian today. That was the bet that I got because I got plus money on it and already deeply concerned after losing yesterday's tagged uh, bets. But it's going to work out one of these days, guys. That much I promise you. So go check it out. The Pizza Deposit Kingdom Discord. Make sure to go follow at Peter Overzet, follow at Chris Spags, and follow at Splash Play Pod on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. You're going to see all sorts of content and all of those. So go check those out. And make sure to go over to footballoutsiders.com slash subscribe or just go to the FO40 page at footballoutsiders.com slash fo40 if you want to see where they're ranking some of the qbs i know we had some questions from nick in the chat about matt corral so if you want a separate perspective there it's going to be a little bit different from the fantasy community writ large go check out what we're doing at the fo40 footballoutsiders.com slash fo40 any final words for you pete before you go and do more hours of content before you get a big no just to thank you to the oh. king of malden here you know he snuck it in under the wire he does know that in our agreement he's obligated to send one f malden tip a show Derek, uh, on your behalf, F Malden and SF Malden as well. F M deep. Yep. <laughs> Anytime we will do your bidding for you here, Derek. Yeah. So the next time we see you guys will be March 18th. So tune in then I'll probably, hopefully I guess I'll be a dad at that point. And Pete will be back with his lush Hawaiian tan and maybe even a pig with an apple in its mouth. I'm hoping. I, I don't know if that's going to make it uh, back on the flight, but uh, a boy can dream. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy your break from splash play. We will see you guys later. 